0: This is Proxilla Radio. Is You're listening to Tabletop Genesis, a podcast by Genesis fans for Genesis fans. Hello, welcome back to Tabletop Genesis, the podcast that talks about every album of Genesis. All and so the time. All the time! time beyond. If, if you're looking for Genesis, you've come to the right place. <laughs> Today, we're diving into the very first Genesis album from Genesis to Revelation from March of 1969. And... To, uh, I almost I almost called Simon Tom. So
1: keep keep talking. I haven't got Wiki up yet. Okay. <laughs>
0: so how many of us we we all own this album around the tabletop, correct?
1: Yeah. Yes. When did you first hear this? Last week. <laughs> <laughs> so, I am. I'm not kidding you. I uh, I have listened to this album maybe twice in my entire life before this episode so in some ways this is it's it's been an adventure very good um we will find out exactly what kind of adventure i suppose in the fullness of time
2: in my case i bought it in the sometime in the 2000s when i was living in london and i probably heard it once or twice (laughs) and i must have enjoyed it but i never listened to it again until last week to prepare for this episode
3: (laughs) i i'm sure i got it in my uh post Invisible Touch days, when I decided to go back and collect everything that the band had ever done. And at that point, it wasn't like you got distracted by YouTube and you could find, you download it and stream it. It was, you found, you happened to find it in a bin or in this, you know, CDs were relatively new then. And I think it was released uh, at that time by London Records, uh, as And The Word Was, uh, which had actually extra tracks on it. Uh, and so when I got that on CD I think I just played it as a new Genesis album that I'd never heard before and <laughs> I'm sure I played it several dozen times because I hadn't gotten the other ne- the next one I needed to get yet so I've definitely probably heard it among the most I think probably Mike and I have played it the most um but yeah it's 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 uh it's Genesis that's <laughs> what uh, 17 so what yeah Stacy
4: um oh. I don't remember when I got this album, but I listen to it every day. I love it so much. No, I, I, I I was like, what? Yeah, (laughs) I had you for a a half a second. Yeah, Um, Yeah, like almost. I I, similar situation as Tom. You know, this was this was uh, acquired during my you know acquiring everything phase, and probably like you. I listened to it a few times until I got the next album, um, and you know I have to say in then and now it really didn't make a huge impression on me. Um, so it, it hasn't been played as much as say a Nursery Crime or a Duke or you know an Invisible Touch. But um, it it was it was a part of my whole like getting to know Genesis experience mm-hmm. you know back in the '90s.
1: Yeah, I I got the same CD copy that. Sorry, can I just interrupt and say that we have people working next door. So if you hear some banging and drilling and stuff, it's not us. It's genuinely other people. Yeah,
0: Sounds good. So I got the same CD copy, not the same exact one that Tom has, but the same issue (laughs) of this uh, because when I got a CD player in 86, I guess, my grandmother went to the record store and asked for the newest Genesis album and the oldest Genesis <laughs> album. And so that's for the Christmas that year, I got Invisible Touch and, and the word
1: was. It's interesting to note, though, that um, uh, as we will talk about a little bit later on in this episode, that the people in the shop considered this to be part of the, yeah. uh, of, of the very first Genesis one, because, you know, there's going to be a conversation a little bit later on about where does Genesis officially start? Right. Exactly. So,
0: and there's, there's arguments both ways. So, but before we jump into that, I think Simon is ready with our Wikipedia reading for this episode.
1: I have indeed. Yes, it took a while for it to come up on my, my little um, uh, tablet here. But um, I'll give you the basic premise. And a, there's a little bit, there's a little paragraph below it, which I'd like to include as well, which talks sure. a little bit about the, the members of the band at the time. So, uh, From Genesis to Revelation is the first studio album by the British band Genesis. It was released in March 1969 on Decca Records in England, and that's London Records in North America. I think we'd already just discussed this, actually. Yeah. It was produced by Jonathan King, who discovered them in 1967, while the members of, the, uh, members of Genesis were pupils at Charterhouse School, King's alma mater. It was reissued in various regions, including in the United Kingdom, that's the home country, as In the Beginning, first in 1974 and then uh, part of Decker's Rock Roots repackaging series in 1976, before reverting to the original title in recent issues. Now, there is an interesting thing uh, behind it about the production. Here it says, Genesis originally consisted of Peter Gabriel, Tony Banks, Mike Rutherford, and Anthony Phillips without a drummer. Once one of their demo tapes caught the attention of Jonathan King, he took them under his wing, gave them the name Genesis, with the addition of schoolmate Chris Stewart on drums, recorded The Silent Sun as their first single. It was later described by the band as a Bee Gees pastiche, (laughs) and I can see that. (laughs) Sure. Um, Written specifically to King's whims, um, as the Bee Gees were one of King's favourite groups at the time. Its February 1968 release on Decca Records was not a commercial success, neither was (laughs) the follow-up, A Winter's Tale, three months later, or the third single, When the Sour Turns to Sweet. After replacing Chris Stewart with John Silver, King wanted the band to make an album with songs loosely based on the passages of the Bible in the form of a concept album um, and in the style of the Bee Gees. That's interesting. The album was recorded in 1968 during school holidays with King adding string accompaniments. Yes, I think very
0: loosely based on, on the Bible is probably an accurate assessment.
4: Everything can be based, yeah, based exactly. on the Bible. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> this
3: is You can definitely see hints of it in the first side. I think by the time we get to the second side, yeah. that kind of concept is kind of dropped by the yeah, wayside. I would I guess, agree with here's that. the
0: song. Here's the songs we like. Right.
3: You know, I love song. a girl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah. It goes straight from creation <laughs> to having a shag. <laughs> right. To
3: procreation. Oh,
4: oh. But Long aren't quality. they the same? Yeah, that's right. It's so
0: deep. So, so do do we all around the table consider this album a Genesis album?
1: Yes, yes. I do.
5: Yes, one
3: hundred percent.
1: Yes, that's why yes. that's why we're talking about it on Tabletop Genesis. Yes, right? I, I I would not, might maybe have said that a few years ago. Sure, I would have said that because I, I I don't know whether or not you you've ever done this, but um, I listened to to this album. A little while ago on YouTube, and it naturally goes the next when you finish the album to Trespass. Okay. And I'm not kidding you. It the the sonic quality, the mm-hmm. the step up between this album and Trespass, it's like walking out of like a a wax cylinder recording into Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the <laughs> Moon in sure. comparison.
0: Yeah. It's this is a very people always say oh, it's very much of its time but everything is in some ways uh-huh. but this is this is very 60s-ish mm-hmm. and it's not just because of the strings and, and, and horns on it it's it's the songs themselves
3: the
0: lyrics yeah the and lyrics then. and they were 17
3: they were 17 I,
0: I, I think that hearing this the tapes that Jonathan King must have heard it's like I can see why he recognized the potential because I think generally this is a decent collection of songs. It's not fantastic, but I'm like these songs are are written by people who understand how to write a song.
3: Well, this I think a lot of people just subconsciously might not consider it part of the Genesis canon because it's it's not technically owned right by Genesis. It's still re- the rights are still retained. By, right. It's a one one album that is still retained by Jonathan King. Correct. Or, yeah. And so whenever you see posters or any or reissues done with their Genesis catalog, it starts with trespass because that's what they own. Right. So it's not like on purpose. If they had the rights, you'd mm. see re-releases starting from from Genesis to Revelation up right. through Calling All Stations. Yeah.
2: We should create a startup or these websites to collect money for projects. Uh, yes. yes, for
0: because, Genesis. Because, because really I, I had heard and it, <laughs> to give, give them as a
4: gift. gift. I know they're he so hard them. up right now. Yeah, I feel exactly. like you know we should yes. help out because well, we buying all their albums eight yeah. times isn't enough. Exactly. This is this
0: is very much you know I heard this kind of through the grapevine, but that it is relatively cheap to license this this album from from Jonathan King's company. It's something like I was told, I've never seen this in print or on a contract or anything that it's basically $500 to license this. Wow,
6: really? Let's do it.
0: Yeah. And so yeah, we should have a Tabletop Genesis issue of from Genesis yes. to Revelation with a disc of this podcast and a disc of the album. So... Um,
1: that's a surreal thing <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, that's what doing, right?
0: <laughs> but no that's I, I don't know if that's true but it, maybe it's more money but that kind of explains why there's so many reissues of this uh, album right. uh, and I think more recently they've done some better jobs with kind of recreating the, the original packaging um, but it's still you know there, there's only so much you can do for this um, there's actually a mono version of this that came out at the same time as the original album that many people online have said, like, I wonder why this isn't reissued as part of, like, an ultra box set for this album at some point. And maybe it will be if 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 somebody ever needs the money enough, so.
3: Well, I think they it, uh, another reissue just came out last oh, year. Oh, really? Okay. I think it was Genesis 50 Years something. Yes. If you look it up on Amazon, yeah. you can see it. And it's maybe two dozen tracks of demos yes. and alternate takes vocal only tracks,
0: right so the masters yeah. must be the the actual multi-tracks must be around somewhere if they can kind of pull out the vocals and things like that and and even on some of these issues i had a friend who was kind of obsessively collecting a lot of the different from genesis is to revelation out there and I remember the one he sold to me, which was a reissue from a couple of years back in 2005, actually, had a an unreleased demo version of Image Blown Out on it, which he was very excited about. Um, yeah. And so I was like, all right, cool. You know, if you don't want any more, I'll buy it from you. And that's actually he had gotten it signed by Chris Stewart also. Wow. This copy. Okay. So, you know, there's not too many of those out there. Um <laughs> But Chris Stewart, who was the drummer on the first single, is actually an author in England now. He's written some travel books of some type about living in Spain, I believe. So, yeah. uh, And still friends with Tony Banks and some of the other guys. So, you know, they have a lot of school connections in this band. So what else do people think about this album just overall? Like, listening to it for this, was there anything that jumped out at you about this album?
4: I mean, for me, there's a couple things. I mean, I think one is... This is where, this is the one album where it, their career could have gone two different ways. They could have gone the pop route, right. and continued in that trendy, you know, vein of the music at the time. But you do also start to hear the Genesis, if you will, break through <laughs> on sure. certain tracks and certain moments, particularly the transitions between yes. the tracks. It's very, um, it has kind of the more proggy feel, if you will. So I feel like this is the album where you can see the two sides where. We're fighting. You don't really Mm -hmm. get that. I think Mm -hmm. Trespass was really where they kind of put their stake in the ground and they're like, this is what we're pursuing. Um, But... uh... And I'm glad because I, I feel like that pop side of this and the, the orchestral in the '60s. I you know if I want to listen to that music, I'll listen to the Monkees. You know,
3: right.
2: and it would have le- they the... wouldn't have lasted as a band.
3: It could have been yeah. two albums and done. Yeah, exactly.
4: exactly. That's it. Exactly. So to me, you know, this is this is an album only a mother could love. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not wait. Let me, right. let me hear, no, no, no. Hear me out. Hear okay. me out. And 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 Genesis fans are the mother in this yes. situation, You're right? Sure. So nobody besides a fan of uh, you know oh, even okay. just their '70s catalog is gonna even bother with this. So mm-hmm. this is this is the album us as Genesis fans, we hang on the fridge and we make a big <laughs> fuss about because you know we're so proud of them and where they began and they were 17 and this and that. So I get it and I I bought into it and I you know these songs are very catchy um, even though it's not something I listen to. I think Mike and I were talking really? earlier like I listened to this um, album before the, before we sat down here uh, about a week ago and all week. Different yeah. songs are popping in my head. There's yeah. earworms here. And yeah. that says a lot. Um, you know, that's what makes a great song, yeah, if they, it stays with you. They knew how to
0: put a song together.
4: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's all.
3: Mm-hmm. I think speaking of moms, mm-hmm. I think we also have the Peter and, and Chris and Tony and Mike's parents to thank because... I think originally King wanted to sign them to a five-year contract. Oh, and okay. their parents were really like, no, that's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> these, yeah. these kids are 17, 16. Yeah. We'll do a one-year contract. So that's what they did. Okay. And I think when, at one point when Genesis realized they wanted to take their sound a different mm-hmm. way and mm-hmm. King wanted to take it more the orchestral BG's pastiche <laughs> thing, they said, all right, we're done with our year. Let's, call it a, let's shake hands and call it a day and move on our separate ways. And I think if that hadn't happened... If, he, if they were stuck to another five years of having yeah. to crank out Arthur Gle- Greenslade <coughs> string backed <coughs> songs, yeah. they would have driven themselves crazy. But imagine right. "Supper's Ready" with strings
0: on it—just <laughs> <laughs> what the epic that it could have been!
4: I'd rather not, thank you.
2: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, for me too. It's a great collection of songs. And again, for their age, and you know, it's a great accomplishment by you know by that age. It's quite amazing, and again, they're catchy, so that says yeah. a lot. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a uh, bravo to them I and mean, yeah. hats off. <laughs> I mean,
0: I've heard some cover versions of these songs that are like, yeah. oh, these are good. Evelyn did uh, When the Sour Turns to Sweet mm-hmm. and did a very good version of that uh, live. I don't know if it was recorded, but uh, but I know I have a live version of it. And that's, you know, there's, there's other versions floating around out there of some of these songs that are like, yeah, this is, this is quality stuff. It's different from what came after. But it's you know it, there's again, as you said, they're seventeen. <laughs> yeah. You know, if uh, could any of us had even written a song like this at the age seventeen, that's well, I
2: still can't I'm Right. <laughs> and... So I
4: have a question. Yes. Which is better from Genesis to Revelation by Genesis, or Arc Two by Flaming Youth. <laughs>
1: Ladies and gentlemen, there'll be a vote on the Facebook page, I yeah, suspect, yeah, yeah, yeah. very, very soon.
0: I, I, I have know. to be honest, I have never heard Art 2 by I'm Flaming <laughs>
4: Well, what, what? I, I heard something you I haven't, Mike. <laughs> but <laughs> I, but I think we
0: also would have to throw Quiet World into that vote okay. too with Steve Hackett. Right. Uh, oh, okay. I've
4: weird? never. I didn't even know. I who, have that on CD. You are yeah. making that up. I've never heard of that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, I am not.
4: <laughs> we have some more homework to do. Right. right.
0: But
3: uh, the, the,
0: has anybody else heard Art Two Flaming Youth?
5: No.
3: I think I had a cassette version of it sometimes. Really. Like someone had recorded it. Oh, is that a real thing? Even I don't think that. I've I ever listened to okay. it. Okay. Well, Hi. we
0: have, we have our homework from Stacy. I think. That all
4: was. right, Let's get on it. All right. I, you know, if I can find a a public uh, link to it, okay. I'll post it. Um, but it's ve- If you haven't heard it, it's very similar. It's okay. a. It's a. It's a creation concept or very no, no it's not creation it's more like outer spacey sure, it's like a space okay. opera concept right. so it's a concept album it's got the, the you know the strings not strings but it's like very psychedelic and moody mm-hmm. and it does sound like it was recorded in a heavily padded room <laughs> on, you know, Wax Cylinder. Yeah. just It has a, kind of the same production. Right. You
1: know, Ladies um, and gentlemen, um, we will be featuring that album track by track in 2023 <laughs> when we've run out of all of the other ideas <laughs> that we have got.
4: It's, it's
0: low on our list.
4: <laughs> <laughs> all right, so... Very good. We're probably not going to cover it, but just, okay. it, I, I, if, if if you're a fan of this <laughs> album, like, See seriously, like, this is your jam, check out okay. Arc 2 okay. by Flaming You. Phil Collins' all first right. band, for those... Um,
0: for the one person she we're tried. speaking to that this is their jam, go see that. if you haven't sought it out already, and listen to Stacy. She has good taste in strange music. Yeah. so <laughs> So, exactly. So with that, we will segue into...
7: We're waiting for you.
0: When the sour turns to sweet.
7: Come and join us now. We need you with us. Come and join us now can see the softness there Where the sunshine is gliding in Fill your mind with love Find the world of future glory You can reach yourself Where the sour turns to sweet Leave your ugly, selfish shell to melt in the glowing flames Can you sense the change? See your eyes now, little sun.
5: We're waiting for you Come and join us now We want you with us Come and join
4: us now
0: See the darkness is creeping in and this I'm, is a
4: creeper song I
0: actually don't know a lot about yeah. who wrote the lyrics I mean I assume it was mainly Peter but maybe Aunt Antonia and my two writing stuff I don't know about the lyrics with this I've never seen them talk about
4: it I you know what I don't even are we recording yeah we're recording okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just... well you're talking yes exactly <laughs> They, it's funny because I, I was just thinking that recently. Like, yeah. who? Because you, know, you kind of you could kind of sense like later on in their career. Like, oh, this is a definitely Tony Banks lyric. Yeah. You get a Tony lesson. You know, yeah. <laughs> if if it, if you want to cry at the end of the song, it's typically Phil Collins. You know, right. it, it, you know, you kind of get where they're. You got you know their voice. Here, I have no idea. Yeah. It could be one person. It could be all of them. Right. I have mm-hmm. a sense. It's it's probably. I mean. Ant and Tony, maybe. Yeah, I was thinking Ant and, Pe-
0: and Peter maybe, more than anything yeah. else. Anybody else? But yeah, again, yeah. that's I don't recall ever seeing or reading any interviews that really went kind of through the album to th- to find that out. Maybe that'll be. Something we need to dig into. I mean,
4: clearly, anything that's a little dark, it's probably Gabriel because yeah. he's always had that. But right. um, yeah. I yeah, yeah it's, he was only seventeen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he yeah. Was already. But, but
0: that's hearing his voice with this. It's like he has that voice, yeah. that Gabriel voice, from age seventeen.
4: I would disagree with you on huh? that. Yeah, I want to say it's that somewhere.
2: Anyway, uh, talk no, about? no, go ahead. Ellie, no, you know, with other songs, you would you would listen to them like, and if you would think is that Gabriel or is somebody somebody else singing? I was like oh wait this is Gabriel but when he was much younger of course so the voice obviously evolved.
0: Yes, over oh, the years.
1: There was no sharing of vocal duties on this album. This literally was Gabriel doing all I mean, the lead.
0: There's vocals. one song all that lead, sounds but... like Ant might be singing yeah, a, a, a um, chorus of it. Chorus. Yeah. yeah. It's like the uh, it's I have some notes oh, we'll about get to it. it. Yeah. 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 But
4: yeah.
0: it's not Gabriel but I and I don't think it would be anybody else but Anne. Sure. So, okay. but but yeah, I mean maybe there's different examples of the Gabriel voice on this album that are more so than on this track. But but he he has a he has a, a a character to his voice from the very beginning.
4: Oh, absolutely. I just feel like in this album, you know, in comparison to all the others, including Trespass, it's more affected here. He's he's putting on an affectation. He's trying to sound like Andy Gibb, mm. like he is. Yeah he or he's he's this his first time singing professionally mm. and sure. he's it's it's laying it on a little thick so to speak.
1: he's playing a role
4: simon you're a singer i, I was know. going to
1: say that there is a sense of appeasement running right the yeah. way through this middle uh right way right through the middle of this album mm-hmm. because when you're 17 you're thinking about making it in the business and you've been given an opportunity. And so many artists uh, never make it beyond this first sure. album. They were trying for a career, and mm-hmm. I can, I can, mm-hmm. and I, and that's the reason why I don't say the word appeasement with any kind of malice. Right. I genuinely think that they were trying to make the best album that they possibly could under the circumstances. Mm-hmm. I, I find his voice very. I think mean, I think it suits the song very well. There's
3: other songs where I do find he's stretching a little bit and being any more affectations to it, there's some words where he just kind of like snarls, or he mm-hmm. says the word dear literally and I'm like, dear, and it's like really out there, I'm like, alright, pull it back a little bit. Oh, <laughs> no. <I'm not laughs>
6: down,
3: But for, I mean, the way even the song starts out, it's very kind of like looking for someone, as, you know, just that his voice comes right out, and as I think we've all said, Genesis know how to start an album, mm-hmm. and grab you right from the start, and this one where it's just the, dun, 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 like it's, you know yeah. something's coming, and, it's, I think they really start off pretty well. There is one lyric in the song later on. It's like, drift away while the saffron burns to the land where the rainbow ends. I think wow. they stole that right from Listen to the Flower People.
6: <laughs>
3: <laughs> that's that's 60s. You can't With get any more 60s.
0: If you need to be that. reminded of when this was recorded, yeah, right. just read that lyric.
1: Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. And also there's another thing which I, I, I wanted to make mention, which I think this is a, a classic example of these are kids who are just starting out on the, on a journey mm-hmm. they have no idea what the world looks like mm-hmm. and as far as they're concerned these songs are what they think the world is right. it, you know with all of the mm-hmm. you know, with all due respect to the fact that they were trying to write to order mm-hmm. No one knows what the world is at 17, you know. And so we're seeing a very distorted lens of the world here. And that that lyric is a classic example. They had been at
0: Charterhouse for the past few years, you know, kind of
1: isolated, you know, in in that world.
0: And, um, you know, it's, 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 yeah, this going into a recording studio at 17 and just at that point, not even knowing how probably recording studios worked. You know, who knows if the engineers knew how the recording studios worked. Um, I was thinking, listening to this the other day, that this was at the same time as, like, the Beatles' White Album coming out, and it was a very different world of music that that they talk about being influenced by, but this album doesn't show any of that influence. Um, and they say that, you know, with the without the string arrangements, the songs maybe had a bit more of an edge to them, but... That's a very slight edge that, that was in any of these songs at any of their versions. So.
4: Yeah. From the, this song, where the sour turns sweet, I actually, this is the one song I do like the strings on okay. it. Yeah. I really do. and Especially towards the end where, you know, as it's winding down. Um, I, I do, I like the strings on it. And overall, they don't bother me as much as I've heard from other people. I think it needs it a little bit. I mean, I try to me, listen, You know, yeah,
3: I'll try to listen to it and take out the orchestral parts in my head, I'm like, there's not a lot there. They're like, yeah. they, these were very sparse oh, yeah. songs with maybe strumming guitar and a piano yeah. and Peter's voice. A couple of songs have a little bit of bass, yeah. but a for the most part, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, th- these really complement them, I think for the most part. And But if you're a 16, 17 year old and you've put your heart and soul into recording what you think is a great album, you get the final product and all of yeah. a sudden there's all these syrupy strings on them. You know, I mean, you can see why Aunt yeah. Was I think the most pissed out of all of them.
4: I think the horns were an abomination. Like the horns, <laughs> I don't like at all. Like that. Oh my. That. Yeah. I'm fine with the strings. The horns got to go. <laughs> it was up to me. I, I do it just have to point
0: out in my notes, uh, along with Tom, I wrote "The Land Where the Rainbow Ends." <laughs> so we oh, both nice. kind of focused in on that lyric. I want to wanna go that.
4: to there. That's right.
0: That's a, that's that's from Genesis to Revelation. You start with the rainbows, and where it ends is the
3: Revelation. you figure all all these. (laughs) As as Simon said, these are seventeen-year-old kids who all they know is a world of an all-boys school up in you know probably far away from London. I don't know, an hour, half hour, whatever. South of London. South of London, and you know they're picturing in their minds what a world beyond their world is like. So of course they're gonna. It's gonna be a utopia of flowers and rainbows and saffron. And and saffron. (laughs) (laughs) So who's snapping? I would think it was all of them, right?
0: I would hope. I, I just would love to see them all around
1: the microphone snapping along. Mm-hmm.
3: There's no there, pictures there's of that? And the
1: thing is that really gets me is every time they snapped, a child died. <gasps>
3: <laughs> oh my. It's like the, ring a... the musical
1: yeah. yeah. Sorry, have you ever heard that that thing about no. Bono? Because there was a uh, there no. was a thing that that Bono. Uh, I was going to say. Uh, oh, I thought that came from somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, oh. Bono was Bono later. was doing this thing, and it was it was it was like a world hunger thing. Okay. And 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 they you get lots of personalities snapping their fingers, okay. and it would cut between them, and they said every time I snap a finger. A child dies oh. of hunger in, in the world and he did it on stage once oh, in nice. ireland and he said, every time i snap my finger a child dies and someone from the crowd yelled out well oh, stop doing so it there
5: there on. is
3: there is one little bit uh which i don't know if anybody else heard it but as i was re- listening to it the first time i was like all right well maybe someone is talking in the room somewhere I listened again. I'm like, there is a voice on this tape. It could have been just a mistake in the studio. It's around one fifteen when okay. they sing the line "to melt in the glowing f- flames." I hear this background voice say something. <laughs>
2: And I don't yeah, know if it's, it's just
3: some spirits. some spirits or what it was. So if, if you hear it too, let Hello, me know. Hello, Tom. <laughs> Are you listening to the album again? <laughs> Please let me know. I'm not crazy.
4: <laughs> that might be your conscious saying it's time to go to the next track. That's right. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. <laughs> time, yeah. time to put something else on.
0: Well, every good album from the late 60s had to have a track entitled In the Beginning.
1: any further I'd like to apologize for my stomach at the start of that track
0: <laughs> 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 well it is an ocean of motion isn't
6: it Yeah,
3: <laughs> I think that was the boys trying to like any time they could break beyond the normal BG's kind of simple tracks yeah. and and edge out into some kind of heavier ulterior kind of... Sound they they would take that chance. I think these interstitials or these little you know segues in between songs was their idea of trying to say okay let's push a little bit more. Yeah. And probably Jonathan King is like, fine. I'm just gonna slap some strings on this motherfucker. Do <laughs> 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 right. whatever you want. I'll, I'll yeah. have the last laugh That's on exactly. this. Yeah. So, oh, this
0: is good. This is very psychedelic. Yeah. This song moves. And it's it's roll, the roll. ocean of motion. The is... boom, 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 boom. You know, it's there's parts of this that I'm like, yeah, this is. If this, if this, if a song like this was on Trespass maybe with different lyrics i don't think it would sound out of place yeah
1: if, if if a track like this had been on trespass i'd have been a yes fan instead of Genesis. <laughs> <laughs> all right so that's it's not simon's favorite we no, know i i find yeah, this is. is a really turgid track as far <laughs> as I yeah. Mean. Yeah. it's this is a, a, a and i i get what they were trying to do they were trying to with with the pacing they were trying to use the sour that turns to sweet as a sort of Prologue, if you will, and then they were going to get into the start of you know this whole idea of the universe forming, you know. Uh, And I get that, and they're trying to sort of like generate a bit of excitement, a bit of motion because there's oceans of it, isn't there? Um, squirming up around and up and down, you're in the hands of destiny.
3: I always thought it was that you're in the hands of yesteryear until I read the lyrics. (laughs) That doesn't make sense at all, (laughs) but But I mean, for Simon's point, it's. it doesn't really it basically is half a song and then they just repeat the first half a second time and then it ends
4: yeah i wrote it it just goes on way too long (laughs) like it it does i'm like didn't i just hear this like i feel like i'm my brain's in a in a a loop when this is on and also i the sound of it does nothing for me i i wrote down it sounds like it was recorded at like the wrong levels and then they just turned everything up yeah who
1: did mix the album if i may ask Mm.
4: You know, was it mixed <laughs> you know, i mean it's
0: there's brian roberts and tom alama sat patient behind the controls um and Kane was the producer it doesn't really have a mixing person but okay. i'm assuming it's it's probably jonathan king but that's just an assumption on my part
3: oh, i can just see them ch- churning out these lyrics you know furnace of frenzy burning with power uncontrolled control and i'm going wow that's good man yeah we got to get that like yeah. i can i can really see them thinking that
1: Identify they had matured the they're yeah. matured with yeah. their writing of the lyrics to yeah. that point i yeah. will say that every comment that i make has to be in the context of this is your first yes. time out the gate right. but unfortunately when you compare it with the rest of the career now, i mean yeah. it's a beer moth of a career in comparison with yes. this album yeah
4: I mean, and I think I said this, you posted something about this album on Facebook and I said, this this album is the box that holds all of their albums in it. So we, we wouldn't have anything else if they hadn't done this first. So, yeah. But it isn't like a complete album in my mind. It's not like a, a complete Genesis statement. It, it literally is, you know, kind of, just a structure yeah. that they, uh, yeah. they practiced in before they, they took their training exactly. wheels right. off. Yeah, and, yeah this and was went a good forward. practice exactly. album. The I practice think that's album. a good way of thinking yes. about yes. that. Yes. It
0: definitely yeah. is. And, and
2: they these... knew they didn't like this kind of style of music. They wanted to go somewhere else. Yeah.
0: Right.
4: Exactly.
0: But they did like pop music too. I mean, they, they yeah. liked yeah. the concise, you know, three minute songs, you know. And they, they
4: were teenagers. They wanted to get chicks and they wanted <laughs> to, you know, play in front of people. And this oh, yeah. is the kind of music you had to do to do that. Here's
0: a question
1: How much did they play live around? this time not at all
0: i mean so, besides school shows they had never they, they didn't start gigging until like late 69 70
1: so we're talking trespass era for the for the proper like live shows yeah. Right? right yeah kind, kind of best-
0: in the transition into trespass
1: is yeah. there any record of the very first live genesis no. show apart from that garden wall anon thing that they no. did it at- the earliest bootleg
0: that's out there is from, is from 71 mm-hmm. with Steve and Phil part of there already. Uh, there's a little bit of audio from a show that was recorded for TV or something with Aunt Phillips there. Uh, but it's a very tiny bit of audio, like 30 seconds that's out there. It's one of those holy grails of... You know, people would love to find it. And time we
2: see Ant, we can ask him. Yes, anytime. exactly. You know, <laughs> your I room. always think there, there may
0: be stuff in people's attics, right. you know, of, you know, the band members or, you know, people who are around them at the time. Maybe there is something out there, but nothing's kind of surface. But I—it's I, interesting. I thought everybody would like
1: this song as something, so I'm
0: interested to hear that you guys. I think it's—it's it's, this song is
1: very like emblematic of what the rest of the album is going to give you, yeah. really. Yeah. in some ways, that's actually quite true to the Genesis sound, because mm-hmm. one of the things that Genesis always do is kind of start off with a sonic handshake in all of their albums. Like, this is what you're about to get and this is what we're about to get.
0: Yeah, true. Yeah. I, I did make a note about that, uh, where's the 5.1 remix of this? Because I think that would help. It's yes. in your
4: imagination. Exactly.
0: It's spinning around. I just had to spin around while I listened all your to this. Hopes and dreams.
1: I, am, I am actually quite astonished that the multi-track still survives up yeah. to this day.
0: Yeah, it'd, it'd be great, I, and I'm amazed that they haven't that they haven't spent a little. They meaning, Kane's company who owns it hasn't spent a little bit of money to do something like that because it'd be maybe that'll be the final cash grab for this album. Possibly because that's after that, who would rebuy this at this point?
2: I don't know. Well, you never
0: know. Yeah, we'll move on now to have a seat by the fireside song.
7: Starting, forever drifting slowly towards a hazy emptiness Whilst water slips into the sea The Father's side to see it's free As shadows creep towards the master
0: thing I have to get the syrup out of my mouth after that track
4: sappy <laughs> sap sappity sap that's what I wrote down holy sap the
3: strings are a little bit much on this a little bit just a bit uh, is there a version out uh,
0: out there without strings on the archive from like the late 90s that has some of these tracks on there there are some versions without strings and they they sound fine you know they're versions without strings you know it's it's not there are no strings on me (laughs) (laughs) it was not a revelation of oh my god these songs are so much better it's like yeah they there's a little bit more of an edge to them but not that much more Mm -hmm. so but yeah not this is i i think actually this is a song that probably if if there weren't strings on it it would sound empty but with the strings it sounds syrupy Mm -hmm. and you know it Three years later, a song like this would have had some sort of keyboard part going through it, or even an organ part, or maybe a a bit more of a developed guitar part with it. But this was still very much in the strumming days for guitar. There's a couple little lead bits. That's why it's called Fireside Song, because you have a
1: guitar, you play songs. I think this is You well want to throw in Lee. the fire? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. oh.
4: Yeah, I never even thought of it that way. I mean, I, yeah, the, the the strings and you know whatever King added were mm. to make up for the fact that they haven't learned their instruments right. probably as well. Yeah. As, like their 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 songwriting, their playing hadn't caught up to their songwriting ability. Yeah. So exactly.
1: was the, yeah. it was the it was the auto tune of its time. Yeah. It was the adding production to something. That maybe might not necessarily oh, be the strongest I mean, thing.
4: There's a there's a style of music called Philly Soul, and it this it's not a, even a it's not a songwriting thing. It's a, a strict production. Yeah. It's when you layer in all the mm-hmm. you know the other stuff on top of yeah. of a yeah, melody a and a beat. Yeah, there's yeah. a sound to it, and yeah, so that's. I mean, other bands, but this wasn't just this album. <laughs> right? Yeah,
0: I, I my comment about this was that it goes on too long. Mm-hmm. It's four. It's a little over four minutes long. Yeah, it's
4: kind of but long. I really
0: like the chorus of this. I think that the the lyrics. Uh, Once upon a time, there was confusion, disappointment, fear, and disillusion. Uh, now there's hope reborn with every morning. See the future clearly at its dawning. Not horrible. Isn't-
6: that's okay, right. Right. I think it's
0: the
3: first time you... St- St- right Stacey's me. staring at me like, yes. what are you what doing? Are you saying? <laughs> Shut up. You, you hear Aunt and I think Tony in that yeah, chorus. Not, like... not as much as one of the later songs, but you start yeah. to hear other voices other than Peter's. Right. In right. Uh, there was a friend of Peter's
0: who also did backing vocals on, on here. Um, David Thompson? I'm looking for the notes here. Um, oh yeah, uh, harmony vocals. David Thomas so that was somebody else who did some vocals on here so you're right it's it sounds like ant i don't hear too much of tony in here but it could be this david thomas guy i was gonna
3: say or sounds like david thomas
0: of course yes (laughs) good old david thomas thank god (laughs) he was he was was brought in to (laughs) fix
1: many albums back in the day (laughs) yeah um
4: but yeah,
0: nice little you just
1: imagine them sitting there. What we need is David Thomas. Yeah. Yeah. Get him in here right now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Who has the direct line to David Thomas?
4: They just hit a button on the desk. I'm <laughs> here, here.
1: With my silty smooth voice. If David Thomas is out there right now, there's tea being spurted all over the, <laughs> yeah. all over the sofa. There's me.
3: <laughs>
1: but all
4: right, I, I'll start the fan club. Who yes. wants to be the, the treasure? Uh,
3: I did have in my notes strings really complement the music oh. they they're, they're a little bit poured onto heavy but yeah, yeah without them they kind of provide that like second melody which yeah. kind of moves the song along
4: yeah and can we just acknowledge that this was tony banks first piano intro his first yes. key intro yes. into a uh, genesis track
5: that, that we're in. yeah
4: I see it as an intro. I mean, I know it's hard because it's like the end of... Well, it is in... On the the CD, it's
0: indexed as part of this track. So if it has to
1: belong somewhere, we can say it belongs here. I have to say that the transitions for me are actually the most interesting part. I would
4: agree with that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think that's part
3: of them trying to go their own way for a little bit and, and... Direction the album in a way that's a little bit different, other than King wanted. So yeah. the transitions make it a little bit more proggy, and to something they would carry on throughout their. But own but proggy wasn't even a thing then; it was yeah. just more
0: experimental. Right. Well, that's for the thing. That. If
4: this was so, yeah. if if it actually you know, it, John uh, Jonathan King's suggestion to make this a concept album kind of kicked you know, <laughs> bit him back because you know now that the that's what really I think gave the the band the freedom to kind of explore these transitions. Right. So, well, okay, it's one concept. How can we bridge it together and tell the story? Yeah. And like you said, Tom, that's how you know, that's where they took that more adventurous uh, approach. They were able to do it because it's a concept.
3: Speaking of transitions, this transition from this song into The Serpent, you can catch a glimpse of a B-side that comes on later in their career, The Twilight Alehouse. That is correct.
0: Ba-dow, 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 ba-dow,
3: you
1: guys have
0: nerves. what <laughs> you're yeah. talking
1: about. Nerds. I am not kidding you. I have so I, I get so excited when they do that because editing, I can make a big thing
0: out of Yeah. yeah. Well, yes. But that's the, the you I remember when I first realized that. It might have been even after I heard this album the first time and didn't listen to it for years. And then heard it again after having heard Twilight Alehouse which probably wasn't until the archive box set came out. Right. And then it was like, oh, that's that little part of there. So they had that riff at least back in '68 when they were writing this album. So I think we can transition into the first remake on this album The Serpent. first time on the album that this sounds like a band
3: playing.
4: Yeah, I yeah I wrote this is the first time it sounds like Genesis. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah
3: sure. I have one of the better fleshed out songs. Yeah.
2: On this. I wrote Reminds Me of The Doors.
3: Oh. <laughs>
4: that right. yeah, yeah. And now I can totally see that.
3: <laughs> but the um... Tony's organ has nothing on my pole. Right? <laughs>
0: uh, so I'm
4: disappointed. Not this today. <laughs> is,
0: this was on the very on the archive set you hear the original version of this called She is Beautiful. That was one of the very first songs they wrote and that was put on the tape that they gave to Jonathan King. So this song rewritten for the theme of the album, the whole Genesis to Revelation thing, is is in one of their older songs. So Perhaps was, was the, the oldest of their old songs. Uh,
1: Were the lyrics different? Yes. Yeah.
0: She's a bottle. <laughs> that was on the original
2: that one. So funny.
0: So, what
2: the fuck is that?
0: Yeah, that was the. <laughs> How'd that go? I don't know if I could get that high again. But the, it's, I I like this song so in both dope. versions. Small talk, exactly. In both versions of this, I actually like the "She's Beautiful" version better. But this is a really good song that sounds like a band playing, as we said before. Right, it has
3: very little, if any, strings on it, I think. It's just the, the, yeah. the band going. I think Tony uses different organ sounds throughout the different verses. I think there's more of a church choir keyboard in the beginning, more like a Mellotron a little bit, and then towards the end, there's a very, very 60s-ish sounding keyboard. It almost sounds like the keyboard they use in that song, you know, a 96 Tears. It oh, it's a, a, a Farfisa, I think they right. call them. Yeah, Towards yeah. The very, one of the very end verses... He uses that, and I'm like, "Oh, that's very 60s, 60s sounding yeah. But it's mm-hmm. it's nice to hear, hear the different, you know, they're kind of branching out with the keyboard sound. It's not just another piano, and it's not just another one of those
0: I'm very sixties organ. Yeah. Tom and have to I listen to the end
1: of this song again just to make yeah. it absolutely. It might not necessarily be. I'm just guessing that the but that the Farfisa was an incredibly sixties-type yeah. instrument. Mm-hmm. You yeah, uh, know, Rick Wright on Pink Floyd used that a lot, in in the
0: early days, that was one of his main main instruments. So. Yeah, I think this is this is really positive. I think that it's if there was more like this on the album, I think it would have a better reputation. More of a real band playing with each other, so you can actually hear the drums, which is nice. Yeah, more than
2: pop. It's
0: a bit knocking on the wall, but I like it. Of course. So we'll transition now into "Am I Very Wrong." 11 get off here for teenage (laughs) angst so yeah it's 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 very moody it's very (laughs) it's it's very (laughs) he's being polite yes it's 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 not horrible it's i think that again (laughs) for what it is it's fine it's I, I've realized with two things in my life, I have very little critical facilities. Star Wars and Genesis. I will find I reasons <laughs> I will find reasons to like most anything within those yeah, worlds. So, to
2: excuses or yeah. reasons. So this that's, is why we're this here. Is not bad. Right.
0: So this is why like <laughs> what I like about this is that it's just so overly wrought.
4: But yeah, I hear the song, I just want to run into my bedroom and Fling myself on my bed and eat a pint of Ben and Jerry's. That world is so unfair. I want to call up Ellie and be like, "He didn't. He's, yeah. he's ignored me in the hallway." <laughs> <laughs>
3: I, I think you need a happiness machine.
1: I yeah. think I did. Happiness yeah. machine. It's I love
4: that. Uh, no comment.
1: <laughs> is this, did we say that this was might have been one of the tracks which actually does feature? And maybe singing I, a little bit. I think in
0: that middle bit, it sounds like Ant singing to me. And it sounds honestly like an Ant song. It has, right. with the guitar yeah. in there, it's... I'd be shocked if this is not kind of a, an Ant and Mike song here. Yeah. Because I think the two mm-hmm. writing pairs were, were generally Peter and Tony, and then Ant mm-hmm. and Mike. Right. And maybe with some overlap there, here and there, but, but I think it was definitely those two camps of writing.
1: And John Cleese wrote on his own, didn't he? Exactly.
0: That's <laughs> yes. yes. So, just like Eric
1: Idle, actually, oh, back okay. in the day. Okay. We'll, we'll, well, I will have to correct Monty Python references also. So they- <laughs> I, I'm, the, I'm the, and the reason why I may mention that is I, I, I agree with you because yeah. I think that's the only place that you actually hear 12 string guitars on sure. the album, I think. I, I could be wrong. But it is. I, I can hear that, you know, that lends credence to your supposition that yes. it might be uh, um, Ant and Mike working together. Right. But listen to these lyrics, the opening lyrics.
0: Am I very wrong to hide behind the glare of an open-minded stare? (laughs) Am I very wrong to wander in the fear of a never-ending lie?
4: Yes, you are. So
0: he's very unhappy there. Um, and then, am I very wrong? The happiness machine is trying hard to sing my song, and that I will say is the first reference to the happiness machine in this in this song. So, am I very wrong Sorry. to want to leave my friends and the curse of the happiness machine? Hmm. It gets a second. Mention. It does. It is not the only mention here.
3: It's um, the ubiquitous happiness machine. Yeah. See, something about the song. So I, I really like this song. It's it's. <laughs> I picture you know he's a seventeen year.
1: <laughs> Everybody's a critic. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, that was Dora, our dog behind. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, we gotta right, let hold, them together, on. hold together. Hold
0: together,
3: I actually like this track a lot because I can hear like just as you said, well, the moodiness comes through. He's 17 years old. They've got a lot of moodiness yeah. among them, yeah. and I think the transition to it into this is very good with the guitar. And I think the trump, uh, the horn, and the the flute. Compliment the sound perfectly. It's like that lone sound reaching yeah. out into. I will say that d- the detractor from the song for me is the chorus. I, and, and that really has a sticking point for me. So today the other boys. Today's your birthday, friend. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the yeah. next line, let us our greetings to you send. It's, I mean, I think they credited Yoda with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, other than that, but I think other than the chorus, I like the other parts around it. Really? So I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll be a defender of this song.
0: All right. We will now move on to the second of the In The Songs on this album with In The Wilderness.
7: Leaving all the world to play, they disappear. And the leaves have gathered dust to dear. Tearing pieces from our lives to feed the dawn. Miss surrounds the seagulls christened by the storm.
5: All I hear is music Guaranteed to please And I look for something else Raindrops falling down the rooftops Growing in the place House of people their lives, As their lives are all my time Fighting enemies with
7: weapons made to kill Death is easy as a substitute for pride. Victors join together, happy and living. Leaving cold outside the children of the day.
0: Simon, you were saying that this is perhaps the most Bg's track on the album.
1: Yeah, I think so, and and possibly the catchiest.
0: Yeah. Oh, definitely. I Very think the, strong
1: chorus.
0: yeah. I think it's the best chorus on the album. So it 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 has that again an anthemic feel to it that you know again with a different arrangement could really soar. But you know it's it is what it is on this album. There is a version on the um, uh, on the archive set that has this song, without the strings and everything on it, if you want to hear that
3: version. But it's again, it's it's a version without the strings.
1: Did it close out side one of the album?
3: Yes, it was a side one closer, which I think if I, it would probably pay to play it on vinyl at one point to see how the actual vinyl ends, because at the very end of the song, the chorus is repeated on piano. Oh, sure. And I think side two would open with that chorus being repeated on guitar at the very beginning of The Conqueror
6: oh. because it kind of
3: is repeated two different styles and I think a good end would have been just to kind of trail off with that piano version of it
1: and that's the end of side one
4: I was going to say we can do some uh, investigating All we right, have excellent. a turntable here we should, mm-hmm. I, I'm curious to know yeah now.
1: it is interesting that um we lose in the, the streaming and CD generation some of the artistic yeah. endeavor of, of, of certain albums. Well, it's taking the structures that people listen to music in that way and
0: said, okay, how can we turn this into an advantage? Mm-hmm.
3: And it kind of gives you that flipping of the album. It even just gives you a little break to kind of comp- contemplate what you just listened to and a little bit of anticipation to what you're going to get.
0: I'm sure all 600 to. people who bought
1: this album <laughs> <laughs> sat there contemplating, should I turn this over? but it is one of those things that makes it an interactive experience however mm-hmm. however slight you yes. know i'm not trying to sort of like focus on it but you know there are many many albums that do that kind of thing where uh, the actual turning of the, um, of the of the album is is part of the experience of listening to the album exactly
0: and, and this is when you turn it over, I, I tend to think the first half of this album is generally stronger than the second half.
1: Of I would
4: agree with you on yeah. that. And yeah. so
0: it's if you were kind of listening to it ambivalently for the first half, and then you say, well, let's see what the second half is like, you're going to be disappointed. Yeah. yeah. This is mind.
4: a good little
0: song. Yeah, I, I think the song sketchy. is, I really like this song as a complete song. Exactly. I think it works really well.
4: I, for me, musically, this I'm very neutral. Like, right. I, I don't hate it. I don't love it. <laughs> But the lyrics are hideous.
0: <laughs>
4: like I will take I will take bread bin and sheets of double glazing over this any day. What, any day. What's the
0: biggest uh, problem for you with this one? Just Every
4: the... word that's song. <laughs> I and I think I think you know because the the lyrics on this as a whole aren't right. like spectacular. I think we talked about that yeah. how green they were and experienced and you know this is a reflection of them you know interpreting the world through a lens, but. I think it's a combination of this very sweeping romantic melody with the, this syrupy kind of wistful lyric that they're saying a lot of things that don't mean anything. Right. Um,
1: I think all that it says I, to it, me it, is that Jonathan King was trying to make some money. Of course. <laughs> well,
4: and there you go. Yeah. And, I, I, yeah, that's a good point because if I don't, if it doesn't sound honest to me, like there's, I, I love a good love song and I, 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 love, sa- I love, you know, I, I'm a sappy person too at times, but if it doesn't sound like it's honest or it's right. genuine uh, or coming from a place of, of honesty, uh, no, I can't. But yeah, so th- for whatever reason, whether it's the lyrics on their own or the combo with the music, I, the, I can't, I, I have to tune this out. Yeah,
2: we're <laughs> wearing the pop costume, you know, in order to make it and then yeah. luckily they decided to go in a different direction mm-hmm. when we all laugh so. exactly <laughs>
3: looking at yeah. the, the lyrics there's really only two verses of four lines the rest is just the chorus repeated like three or four yeah. times over and over again yeah. and I think with the Jonathan King influence when you listen to the one big hit that he had which was I think around 65 or so with Everyone's Gone to the Moon mm-hmm. I mean that's very string heavy syrupy so I think he's like Better I. Formula. I got a hit with that. I'm going to now give these guys some
1: hits right. with strings. For the year 1965. Right? The music. Yeah. The music business, though, at this time was full of empresarios mm-hmm. and, and you know people who saw themselves as the gateway to the popular world. Really, mm-hmm. you know, you had those sort of like uh, producers like uh, Phil Spector mm-hmm. as well. They had a sound. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in England there was a guy called Joe Meek. Sure. Um, who who was just another one, you know, back during the, the, the late 50s, he did Telstar, mm-hmm. uh, and they all had a sound, and I, I suspect that that's a set, essentially, you know, what many producers were trying to do. They were trying to say, okay, I have a vision for a song, mm-hmm. you have a song, I will turn it into this.
2: Like a formula that will work, of course yeah. it will.
1: And you could argue that, perhaps not on the producer level,
0: but Tony Stratton-Smith, who started Charisma, kind of basically said... I, I, mean, I have some money. I'm going to put out this music that I like and just let people get on with it.
1: You know, that was... I think that was more philanthropic than Jonathan King's uh, right. modus operandi, yes. though, so, wasn't it? No, I, I, I think it's, it's similar in
0: kind, but not in motivation. Yeah. It was so, very punk. <laughs> yes, exactly. It was more of, let's get this music out in the world and see what happens. So, is- yeah.
1: So. Still, I th- I think it. You know, there are worse endings to a side of of music. Yeah, I th- I I really this worked for me uh, in the context of this album.
2: Oh, we always have to remember remember that there were seventeen years yes. old, which and, I'm amazed. Yeah,
0: and this is one of those choruses that would go through my head constantly. Yeah, so it's it's. I think because when when music is about music, there is that.
4: That's, yeah. their connection and this
0: is a little on the nose about that but it's it works in that 17 year old exuberant spirit. All right let's go on to let's start going downhill now with the conqueror
5: <laughs> that.
0: idea in search of a song, a song. Yeah. yeah it just doesn't go anywhere for
4: me this is the uh the the template for british pop swagger you know <laughs> yeah. like if, if you had one of those keyboards back in the day yeah. and you had like different like demo songs on it you yeah. would it hit this yeah. <laughs> one it has, british good, pop it has for a swagger. A good
0: rhythm going forward <laughs> yeah. like the music's not horrible but it just i keep waiting yeah. for something else to happen
1: and it never does because it's effectively that one piano riff pretty yeah. much all the way through the entire right. song. Well, that's yeah. what I got,
3: and it was kind of very much like Peter would do on his own later on with Salisbury Hill. It's like that one motif repeated over and over again. Right. Da, 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 Except that doesn't da. suck. Well, my... wow. She <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: was like three years
1: Shots fired. So
2: Yeah, but that... give them some credit.
5: Yeah,
2: no, I, I, yeah,
1: exactly. I think it's... I think everything we say is in context of that with their 17, you yeah. know. Yeah. I suppose it probably would have hurt had this been the only album they ever did. And, right. and we
4: have to let in, And you know, let's, these are songs, these aren't people. Exactly. So <laughs> we can well, we can be, you know, let's be honest. Yeah. Um, you know, I this song, every time I hear it, I hear Davy Jones singing it in my head. Like a
0: monkey style? Yeah, yeah, like I, I get
4: t- like I just yeah. picture Davy Jones, which is not a bad thing ever. And, um, yeah, I totally, this, this is like their monkey song to me. Right. Um, so I kind of like it for that because mm-hmm. that's what, this kind of that, this, like I call it the swagger, you know, it was kind of what it, the, the 60s sound coming from Britain that I did like at the time. So, right. well,
3: There's yeah. definitely a sound I think they're going for because when peter sings those kind of the last the last bits of the first two lines i'm like i know that kind of just monotone like he climbs inside the looking glass and points it at anything he hates and like there's (laughs) another one i'm like where have i heard that before then i thought of the song see if we can know what it is i know you've deceived me now here's a surprise (laughs) i know that you have because there's magic in my eyes I can see for miles and, miles.
1: and yeah, the who. Oh, Gino, you know, yeah. So
3: those first uh-huh. when Peter sings those first two lines, almost exactly like that Who song. I'm like, yeah. I'm not sure they were getting some influences. Not that it was a strict I'm going to copy the way Pete, you know yeah. Roger Daltrey sings, but they were being. That was what was going on at the '60s right then. So I can imagine they were like, oh, I'm going to do this one like Daltrey. And yeah. I have to
0: say though, that first line that you saw, the th- first thing that popped in my head was "Illegal Alien." And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I was, but I knew that wasn't right. Wow. But uh, yeah, I don't know why. I just, that was a leap of logic. Yeah, okay. it, it was. So, uh, one of my notes about this was, um, I have no memory of this song. Like, as much as I've heard this album, when it started playing, I was like, yeah, I don't, I must have heard this music before, but I have no idea that I heard this music.
4: Really? Because this is the one song that... Like, was, this was the biggest earworm really? for me. Okay. The Conqueror. Oh, yeah. I don't know, maybe because yeah. it is the one I, I kind yeah, of...
3: sure. It could be the repetitious... Yeah, the
4: repetition. You know. like, it's a subliminal message. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe
0: I always, if I thought about it, I thought of uh, I Can See for Miles, you know, it's or Illegal Alien. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, I didn't write
2: anything in my notes. I wrote the title, and then I tried to, to write one word, but I didn't write anything. <laughs> so At the
3: very end of the song, like there's a guitar solo trying to just poke through and get oh, yeah, on there oh, yeah. <laughs> and it just doesn't go anywhere it's like I I wanted to hear more of that like it's probably it's Ant yeah just yeah. doing some noodling or something Did I just wish there would be more it it fades out yeah. but with Ant kind of yeah, doing kind his of good jamming good. out right jamming yeah. out I was like they just had a little bit more of that but I, maybe they weren't allowed well <laughs> again
0: if you're looking for the pop song you're not necessarily looking for guitar pyrotechnics in there so it is what it is. Anything else on this little little track? All right, we're gonna move into In Hiding. Pick me up, put me down.
7: Push me in, turn me round. Switch me on, let me go. I have a mind of my own. In hiding, far from the city of night. And the factories of truth I stand upon the mountain Million miles from my home On the faces of fear I have freedom to think In hiding I may take off my clothes that I wear my face I float upon a river a million
0: miles from the plains, but a in the clouds. This was a track that was also based upon one of the very original things they gave to Kane back in there in the 1967 days. It was called Patricia back then. It was on the archive set. And it was just a nice little guitar thing, instrumental. Instrumental, right. yeah. There were no lyrics to it at that point. So again, I'm thinking it's more of an Ant and Mike composition. So why did they record that demo, the one that they gave I don't to? It's never been mentioned, has it really? Not that I recall. No. So I always assumed it was just kind of you know Hi, scrounging Mouse. up, yeah, kind of scrounging <laughs> up some money, or whether it's yeah. just recording equipment that the school had. Or if they actually went to somewhere local. I don't know if there was even at that point.
4: I'm sure one of our listeners will tell us. Yes. <laughs> yes. If
0: you know, let us know and then we will look for it and make sure that it's correct.
2: <laughs> we we the verify. We verify. Trust but verify is yes. our
0: line here. It's very sixties. Yes. That's right. Just But it has that
3: very single line it's, it's it's very single It's happy ish to me. It's, it, I'm too happy at one point I, turn, I just picture picture of Peter running oh through the field with his arm out because there's a line where he says I'm in love with it all and it, it reminds me of Elf you know but he's like oh, yeah. I'm in love and I don't care who knows it that's, that's Peter running through the fields. I'm in love with it all I have the freedom to love I
0: float upon a river a million miles from the plains that are piercing the clouds I am lost in the beauty in
4: hiding Oh, give me your bread bin <laughs> right now, dear <laughs> Lord.
0: I have the freedom to love in hiding.
4: Oh, yeah. Share with us what you're having.
0: Yes, <laughs> I, I, I like this. It's, it's not again. It's, it's not great, but I've, I don't apologize for this.
3: Yeah, I think this, this side too. I think at this point is where it really starts deviating from the Bible <laughs> yeah. concept album yeah. and just goes into I'm a 17 year old dreaming about being in love. Yeah. Right.
6: Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think it's... uh. There's also the the line here that it's the... I, I may take off the clothes that I wear on my face. It's the very... It is deep. It's that very 17-year-old nice. youth poetry. Like, oh, the, like I put on a mask, which yeah. I will be doing later on in shows, you know, but I am taking that off to show my true self. Aww.
1: Yeah, it's not exactly letters from the Corinthians, is it?
0: <laughs> no, no, it's... uh. It is what it is here. So yeah, I, I, the, again, this is another chorus that sticks in my head. It's, it's very easy for these little bits of music to, to just be on a continuous loop.
3: And it, I think it, it kind of echoes what most people did with this album. Pick me up, put me down.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we'll now segue into One Day.
7: Your eyes, although I cannot show my heart, I'll watch and hope while you are near to me. One day I'll capture you and call you to my side, one day I'll take
5: you from the ball.
1: that really hits me about this track in particular is there seemed to be some kind of idealized um image in a lot of um english pop about what the west coast psychedelic scene was about and i i I get this this is this reflection in 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 a similar way to the way that led zeppelin sort of like reflected black the blues yeah there was a lot of pop music in, in English, British music at the time. It was trying to reflect back that love and peace, you know, um, what's that uh, place in San Francisco? The like Haight-Ashbury? Haight-Ashbury kind of sort of like feeling of, every, every you know, the world can be free, right. you know. And this song just screams that. Yeah. I thought you were going to say basically the same thing
0: but just about kissing a girl. <laughs> you know, kind of these the songs that were about like, oh, I think I'm in love... <laughs> I think this is nice. I, I, I just,
1: I get this is the, this is the one that's the most sort of like, if you could call it that, sort of the poppy end of Jefferson Airplane yeah. kind of feel about it.
0: Yeah. It's, it's something that, in like just looking at the title, I had no idea what song this was until we started playing it ahead of time. And then I was like, oh, all right, yeah, I do remember this one. And I will, I. I think that the piano and the verses of this sounds just like the piano, the keyboard and the chorus of No Son of Mine. Uh, it's kind of the... Da, 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 like, it's very much this rhythm that Tony plays in. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to say that's the
1: same. So you're saying that, that effectively, that Tony's a one Except for the notes and chords, like I or... think it's identical. <laughs> <so>.
4: <laughs> Man, when's he going to do something original? <laughs> and
0: I like saying that that there's the line about animal friends in there because I think that it's
3: nice to have animal friends. (laughs) I I noted for that lyric, that's the Snow White lyric. Because I picture (laughs) Peter, animal friends, help me decide. Like, all these birds are sitting on his shoulder like cartoon birds. Whispering in his ear, helping him decide when to ask his love to leave. A lot of
4: people did drugs back then. (laughs) at that time. This song is just embarrassing. (laughs) It is.
3: I think it's like... Part two of "In Hiding" it's just kind of the same lyrical. Yeah. I'm in love. The world is great.
2: I'm hallucinating. <laughs> oh.
4: Life is
0: good. So it's embarrassing for all those reasons, Stacy. No,
4: it's just when I listen to it, I get embarrassed. You know that feeling like you're you're watching a movie with your parents and there's like a love like a sex scene comes on. <laughs> like that's how I Every feel. Day you know like y- you just you just want to run and hide like <laughs> you're like no guys come on no oh no, no. Okay. then you just skip it and it's okay yeah,
0: exactly at least it's <laughs> at least it's over in three minutes yeah so. all
4: right
0: well now moving to the window
7: Slowly I stretch out my arms freely, shadows of night disappear. Rise from the slough of despond, find the pathway, guiding us forward through pastures of dream day. Days to enjoy peace I knew once before me, dawning to dusk on the hills until morning. Come, see me, take my hand. Come see me in my land, flying invisibly high. Watch me all on a beautiful sky. I'll be clear and serene
0: in the love. <laughs> Bless you, Dora. <laughs> Uh, Dora is enjoying the 60s pastiche of, <laughs> from Genesis to Revelation. This is, this is again, very moody, kind of, again, Peter sitting by a window with his chin on his hand and just kind of daydreaming about the love that never was or Poor is Peter. or whatever. Um, but the arrangement to me sounds a bit
1: stagnation-y. I agree. Yeah. So it has. There, that, there are like, certainly hints of that. Yeah.
0: It's it's if stagnation was condensed down, the first half of it condensed down to a crappy two-minute song, <laughs> and it'd be this. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay. Again, it's
1: they they develop later on. And I think here um, is an interesting thing, but that overall this album, um, if it if it looks forward at all, it looks forward in the terms of textures rather than songwriting. The songwriting mm-hmm. is is still a, is is very stilted, but you can still hear, Mm -hmm. like when the piano plays, that's Tony Banks playing the piano. Mm. Stylistically, it's a bit underdeveloped, but in terms of the kind of moods that they would go on to try and Mm -hmm. produce in the the next two albums, there's some correlation. I'm not saying there's a direct one, but, you know, there are moods and moments.
2: Right. No, I think they were still kind of learning or perfecting their skills in oh. terms of playing guitar, bass, right. piano.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: So,
0: it definitely is, you know, it's it's a very it's a very basic arrangement all these songs are. There's nothing kind of worth shattering about what they're doing musically on this album, but it's but it works for what they're performing and and I think this is this might be kind of a high point of the second side for me.
3: I really like this song because I think, yeah, there's I love the verses. The chorus is very simple, just those two lines, "Come see me, take my hand, come see me in my land. It's not over in your face like some of the other choruses were. And it's just there's nothing about it that I really don't like, which I, happens with some of the other songs. And it's got almost that kind of westerny feel at the beginning when it has that one lone horn mm. that it has kind of a little western kind of feel and I just really love that bridge that goes and the lyrics are very 60s but high on a golden crested wave she sits the little nymphs dance in her hair and it goes only Jack Frost saw the kiss you gave him in return it's very 60s but I just like the melody of that and then it goes into like that lone trumpet again I thought it was very well organized even if it's the lyrics are crap (laughs) that's high praise this is a well organized song
0: (laughs) No, I, love I would this music. agree. The album is on here, it's so well worked. It is <laughs>
4: I, I I agree with you, Tom. I think it's a bit it's a it's a sophisticated arrangement, you know, right, it's not, it's in very, the context of this whole album. Yeah, it's very yeah.
3: understated song yeah. compared to some of the others that exactly. are on the Exactly.
4: It shows a little bit more maturity, right. I think, than some of the other ones. Yeah. Yes.
3: Talking about nymphs.
4: Nymphs.
3: Who <laughs> <Except laughs> rise very English rise from the slough of despond we don't use that word in this country those are not real words (laughs) slough is not that's just made up word for this
1: uh, for this song slough is actually a place it's actually a place in England well isn't that where um, the office the the yeah so they were preceding the office for many many years very
0: nice well now we're we're getting into the the final stretch of this album but we'll spend a little bit of time in limbo
4: Gabriel was the right choice for lead singer. Oh, sure. To yeah. me, like this is where you know you get to the point the album. You're like, this guy's a lead singer. Yeah, he's a lead vocalist. Th- there's real character. Yes, in this, this song. is fun. Fi- this is to me. Oh, it's finally Gabriel yeah. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> singing. Um, it sounds more natural. This is more his wheelhouse, I guess. Yeah. Uh, type of song.
0: It, well, the intro to this, I was just like, hello, 1960s, <laughs> with that kind of horn and the... Yeah. Da, 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 da. I'm like, we're in the yeah. swinging 60s in yeah. London right now. Hey, baby, let's come on up this way.
4: Do you find me sexy? <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> <laughs> they were you
2: know, young teenagers, we were yeah. an album, they were in the UK in the right place at the right time. Exactly.
1: So. Awesome. It's also my favourite track on the album, but only for the end section. Okay. The end section is about as close to those... Um, Genesis, sort of like, you know, Mike Rutherford staying on one note while everybody else changes their chords around him, and, and, and Peter sort of like says, All oh, we are with wanting. F-. That sort of <laughs> trespassy kind of sort of like knife, sort of like pedal chord type thing. It's a, you
0: hear them being a band there. Yeah. And, and my note to that was that in the future, the, the end part would be something Genesis would kill like that's the type
1: of thing that they would really know how to develop and to kind of just yeah. ride out on yeah, so. i mean it only lasts for like we're talking like yeah. less than a minute oh yeah. but it's there i just put
3: i love the different kind of ending because it has it It kind of varies from all the other songs and that they've gone through the song and at the very end they all of a sudden shift and now it's it's what genesis would become in that yeah. one little 50 second 60 mm-hmm. second bit and you're like that's what I want more of and that's yeah. what you'll get when they go off on their own. Right. And that's probably, King was like, oh, I'd like the song. The ending I don't really yeah. care yeah. for. That's but the like first part, <laughs> <laughs> let's fade that out very quickly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I have to say, that ending reminds me slightly of the end of Supper's Ready.
3: I was going to say Illegal Alien. <laughs> <that>. <laughs> it, it all cycles around. So.
0: But just kind of, again, that kind of going off on the one note, you know, the yeah. uh, kind of yeah. with other things playing on top of it. It's and that feel to it. Again, it doesn't. It doesn't give me the emotional high uh, that the end of no. supper's ready does. But I'm like, I can tell that this is the same family.
1: I am looking at all of these uh, tracks uh, uh, in the same way. I suspect you guys are, which is. I have not emotionally engaged with any of the tracks, yeah. but I am intellectually interested in what they were doing. Right. You want to hear more Definitely, of that yes. band in yes. that song. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You
2: going to hear the potential, so that's yeah. quite something. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, now we'll have a bit of Silent Sun.
7: And streamer chills the sea. Can't you feel in your useless?
0: It was it, no. This the was beginning. their first single, first single, but this was remade for this album. So, oh, okay, it's a it's a remake. It's a redo because nobody bought the first one. So put it on there again.
1: <laughs> if there's one song on this album which brings out the meh in me, it's this track. I yeah. think that's because it's just so hammered in
3: documentaries that this is the song. So everybody kind of like. Maybe.
1: It yeah, a lot and
2: then,
4: oh, good. I think if yeah, because I think Genesis fans, if they don't have this album, or maybe like bought it or heard it once, they know "Silent Sun." Yeah, right? you've heard
0: bits of this song and a bits of the snapping at the beginning of uh, you yeah. know when "Sowers turns to Swede." Probably that's what's so. used in things. So yeah, I I just think Simon said before we recorded this that you know the the intro piano sounds ominous, has character to it, and then it goes into this kind of wimpy little. Bee Gees pastiche and it was like oh,
1: Wasn't that piano intro actually on the original? Uh,
0: I think it was actually. Yeah. So, But I think this is the song that they wrote to keep Jonathan King interested in this ah, This is yeah. when, because they were writing some other stuff that he wasn't quite as interested in so he, so Tony and Peter wrote this song that was a Bee Gees song basically.
1: And this actually leads me to... Um... Sorry folks, I've just got a mouthful of cooking as we speak. <laughs> um... Cookies named the dog. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're getting dark here. <laughs>
3: um,
1: was there actually any material being written that turned up on Genesis uh, on Trespass that that was from these sessions? They actually—it's rec-
0: never shown up, but they had a version of Visions of Angels, Vision of Angels, oh, right. that was recorded around this time, but that I don't think it's ever shown up anywhere. So that's a song that dated to this, from this era that continued onwards. You know, were the lyrics different? I don't know. But it was, they've said that they had this song around. And I think that there might have been some other things that were written. Like, I think, like, Let Us Now Make Love might have been written around this time. But But we are
1: talking effectively momentary fragments of songs rather than entire songs. basically.
0: I think that after this tony went back to school went to school university for a year or so uh and had to be convinced to come back
1: i did not know that yeah
0: he went to be a physics person so Mm -hmm. and he um you know was convinced to come back and i think that's when they started writing a lot of material in like late 69 early 70 that then was
1: I just like the idea of Tony Banks in physics. Well, of course, your theory's all wrong. My, my theory, on the other hand, is correct.
5: Right.
1: So. That's how it has to be. <laughs> so. But that's. Uh, and I the think... thing is, he wrote so many theories. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> but the. Yeah, I think that this is. Which song are we talking Silent Sun is what we're talking about. <laughs> I had to remind myself of that. It's. Yeah, this is, this is skippable. I think the original version is slightly better, but not great.
3: I, I, just, I just had written down for its time. Love it. it was, no. <laughs> for its time, it was probably a really good single. I'm, I'm surprised it probably didn't do higher or chart as well. I, I don't know if there was, I don't know what kind of marketing went into this first album and the single. Well, like, it is was funny it?
0: that some of the kind of short reviews in the paper that they would have for these singles were actually fairly positive. But they didn't do anything, right. you know. It's it's the marketplace failed them, is how so,
4: I think about it. My understanding. Sorry, I ate some of Simon's cookie. Um, oh fuck. It's
0: going around the table. It's going around the table. <laughs> um,
4: Silent Sun. And my understanding is that this is the only song they've ever written as a group for somebody else. Like they weren't being honest. They were just they were trying. They were using this as a way to get um, studio time or yeah. or Did get they attention. Often interested in. Them? Yeah. Exactly, and you know what? I'm glad they did it, and I'm glad they only did it one time. Because yeah. as far as I know, I think everything else on this album, and especially everything app that came after this, was on their own terms. Yeah, when they wrote. So for that, you know, thank you, Silent son for at least getting <laughs> them in the door. Um, yeah. But other than that, I'm like, I could, I could leave it. Well, I don't
3: think even <laughs> the members Peter, Tony, Mike, and would put this up there with one of their favorite songs from the album no No. they're probably like yeah we did it because we had to this was a business transaction
4: (laughs) (laughs) not an artistic endeavor you know there's a big difference cool
0: well we've getting to the final track of the album A Place to Call My Own and I've nearly found
7: a place to call my own waking gently feel her presence near Devil shattered, warmth is everywhere. place to call my own
3: for me this is For their first album, I think this is a great ending (laughs) to their album. And if you hate this song, (laughs) if you hate the song, then you also have to hate Chamber of Thirty Two Doors because they're very, very similar. (laughs) (laughs) So so if you hate this one, you gotta hate (laughs) that one too. (laughs) (laughs) Because Uh, they they both end, they're both very similar. Peter singing into like an echoey place, ending an album side. It's it's basically just the precursor to Chamber of Thirty Two Doors. Well, yeah.
0: I I happen to not <laughs> like that song very much. Uh, the theory. So. My theory holds true. <laughs> uh, but I but I like that song more than I like
3: this one. Which my main reaction is. <sighs> Well this you'll be happy you to know this song was originally three times as long. <laughs>
6: and it just wasn't sad.
3: according to what I read in that they okay. just some of the parts really didn't gel, so they just used the final it's part of it. Crazy. I think this was really an ant song. Okay. So they just used the, the final part of it as the end of the album.
0: Well actually I I do think that the ending part of it with kind of the, the vocals and the, I mean, it's the chorus, Yeah, like it, it's I wrote future anthem. You know, that's something again, in the future they could have done more with that. But the whole overwrought vocal and piano at the beginning, oh my god. It's just like it's no good. Yeah,
2: musically and the lyrics. We are whatever. we
0: are not ending track bros we are on not ending one, track. So. I, think
3: it's, I think it's a better it's a better album ender than it on the lamb for me. <sighs> You are hurting me, Tom. I want
1: whatever he's what, smoking wait, <laughs> sent to my room right now. Yeah. <laughs> Tom,
0: I think, is the defender more than any of us of this album. Wait you so. hear my favourite album choice.
4: Alright. <laughs> oh, <laughs> favourite song. All right.
1: I do like the Oh, favourite song choice. I, uh, I was going to say, I do, do have to say that in fairness, one of the things which I think you've been very good at all the way through this is actually listening to the album. Yeah. <laughs> as And as giving a it some thought. As yeah. a
3: single... It sucks as a single because it's I don't know a minute More, and a half long at at the most probably, but it, taken in the context of the single this album, it sucks because it's
0: bad and it's short.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but from a st- when you're looking at the album as a complete work, concept album, it's a great song to end as a concept album. It's, yeah, I, mean, if, I don't if, think you could have chosen another. Track. I've gone through yeah. all this turmoil and stuff, and here I have finally you know I've gone through my moody bits, my conquering bits, whatever, and I've finally come to the realization I've I've found a place to call my
0: own. I'm concerned you're calling it a great ending.
3: To this album, it's a great ending. I'm
0: concerned you're calling it a great ending to this album, To any
2: album. Yeah. Yeah. What
0: would you have preferred to, yeah. see, to yeah. see the album yeah. end? It, you know? I could have seen it end on, uh, what was it? we were just talking about, In Limbo. I think that could have been a good ending for this
3: album. Um... I would agree that could be a good ending
0: okay not a great ending I guess compared both to are this good. one both would be good endings I don't want to say all great right, alright alright Supper's Ready both is extra. a great ending <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: but I
2: think it's like okay here they were making music that it wasn't their taste or anything they just had to do pop songs But it to, was please, their taste at the, the time,
0: in. though. That's of course, the thing. that too, it's... maybe.
2: But then this title, A "Place to Call My Own," is like like foreseeing the future. We're coming for you, baby, with our music in our own
0: terms. It was yeah, talked our about. There was there was an interview with Gabriel at one point where somebody kind of said, "Like, well, you know, that first Genesis album was kind of crap." And he actually defended it. He was kind of like, no, he's like, that was what, you know, we were doing at the time. And it was our first time in a studio. Like, he wasn't as dismissive of it as
1: other people were. Uh so. I think it's important to remember, and we've, we've said this many times during this podcast, that there's context <laughs> yes. involved Exactly. In it.
4: Hindsight's always wanting to... You know, yeah. like, yeah, they, they're saying it's crap because they probably heard, you know, everything that came right. after exactly. it. So, so And Gabriel was out. involved in this, so of course he's going to defend it. Right. You know?
3: This was, as I think yeah. he said, it's the music of my childhood. Yeah. This was what he grew up in high school singing. I mean, of course, you're yeah. going to hold that music dear to your heart, of even course. if it has you know some odd things looking
1: back on it 40 50 years later but
3: he sings this track in the shower to this day.
1: Thank you for that image now I have Peter Gabriel in the shower.
0: <laughs> but
1: when,
2: like when he was 17 or now.
1: Come oh. for the commentary. <laughs> oh, now I do. Now I have it as uh, now.
0: Ha. Come for the commentary. <laughs> Stay for the images of Peter Gabriel in a
1: shower.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Lots of steam.
0: <laughs> oh. All right. Well that's actually the album so we survived we did so there were a couple of tracks. That's that's uh, The Silent Sun was the original single backed with That's Me okay.
3: the others were was a second single which neither made the album A Winter's Correct. Tale backed with One-Eyed Hound for me A Winter's Tale is the stronger song and that actually I think is, would have been strong enough to put on an album uh, I really like that song but they decided not to put it on the album mm-hmm. I guess it didn't fit with their biblical concept but oh well One-Eyed Hound Gotten good parts, but overall, it's the dog, right?
1: Um, do you want to know what my opinion is on this? Sure. Nothing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Tom, I think we're at the part before we talk about your poll, but we talk about our own favorite songs. Tom, why don't you go first?
3: I would love to go first. Because <laughs> I'm going to pick the song that sticks in my craw and that I can it's hear <laughs> over and over, and while I do. Listening to this, I really love the song Window. Uh, I think it just has a very nice kind of pace to it. Um, the song that really sticks with me is Am I Very Wrong? So I'm going to put right. that as my favorite. Wow. All right.
0: Stacy?
4: I didn't vote. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a favorite song. Not on this one? No. Um, okay. Yeah, I don't have a favorite.
0: Nothing. No. nothing. And I,
4: I know it sounds like a cop-out. I really struggled with this. I really did. Like I really up a, struggled to
0: come to a point of ambivalence.
4: Yeah. I, and, well, yeah, or to, 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 to make a decision. But I, there's no decision to be made. I okay. don't like
3: it. Pick a place to call my own to piss Mike off. <laughs>
4: <laughs> what was that? A place to call my own? Is that what uh, you want me to oh, say? yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh. No. Um, yeah. Like I said... There's nothing, there's not a song on here that really stands out. It doesn't, that doesn't meet the the favorite criteria. So that's that.
1: (laughs) Simon? I'm going to be incredibly, um, oh, I can't be asked, in limbo.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Which you said it before, so that's fair enough.
2: For me, it changed, you know, quite a bit, but I decided to go for In the Wilderness. Mm. Just because it's a little song and I wasn't looking for any, oh, let's check, it, let's look for a Genesis sound that maybe, you know, you could see in theater albums. I was like, I'm going to choose a song that is just a pop song. Quite right. Yeah. Because that's where that's what they were doing. So anyway. Yep.
0: Good. I was leaning towards in the serpent or uh, you know in limbo because they sound like bands on the on those strats, but I also went with in the wilderness mm-hmm. because of the chorus. I thought it had the best chorus on the on the. It uh, does
1: have a good chorus on, yeah. on the
0: on the album. So, um, so that's where I stood with this. So Tom, where did the where did the populace, the six hundred and forty nine people who vote, who <laughs> bought this that's album, enough. who that's all came point. and voted for this, where did they come down on this?
1: Tom shows you his poll. All right. Well, I we think... should
0: have had a none of the above to <laughs>
1: capture Stacey's know, uh, right?
3: vote, but it was a, it was a very interesting poll this time. Uh, I have a feeling that probably a lot of people who voted in this poll might not have spent a lot of time listening to it, and probably picked the song that they were most familiar with. Yeah. Which I think we and to be honest with you, I can't really blame them. for <laughs> No. That. Right, sure. no. Uh, we're just happy you voted. That's what yes, exactly. right.
4: We're just happy you're here.
3: <laughs> all right, so coming in, there were a couple ties. So coming in at eleventh place, which was surprising. Oh, we're
1: doing all the tracks, so we? of course, oh, of course. Yeah, <laughs> we always do. yes. It's awesome.
0: going to be that awesome. much longer now, Simon. <laughs> I'll, speed,
3: so. I'll speed it up. Window, with only two votes, one percent of the vote. I figured it was a better track. Would have gotten a little higher. Number ten was a tie between In Limbo. Sorry, Simon. Mm -hmm. I I don't care. She's not going to crush me. (laughs) And One Day. Interesting. I've forgotten what that song is already. All right. Number nine, beating the previous ones, were A Place to Call My Own with 4% of the vote. So not as high as I thought. Number eight, Fired Side Song with 5% of the vote. Number seven was another tie for The Serpent and In Hiding. Mm -hmm. All right, number six was Where the Sour Turns to Sweet, with mm. only 9%. He thought most people would, might vote for that because it's the one that's first familiar the first track on the album. <laughs> yeah. All right, top five. Number five, In the Beginning. All right. With 10%, uh, 14 votes. The Conqueror was number four, with another slightly higher than 10%. And the top three, number three, was In the Wilderness.
0: Bronze. I am in the top there you three. Go. Yeah, bronze,
3: all right. All right, with 16 votes, with... Eighteen votes was "Am I Very Wrong?" Yes, I'm so right. <laughs> Which leaves the number one voted track by fans as "Silent Sun." Really, fifteen percent.
4: I'm album. not shocked. I agree with Tom. I think people, like I said, they might probably people were like oh, I don't know this album at all. Like I, I don't know what any of these songs sound like. We've been sitting here going. I forget what this song sounds like. We have, you know, to refresh our memory. So I
3: think.
1: You vote for what you know. Yeah, you vote
3: for for their favorite title, basically. Well,
0: yeah, or the one they knew. And it's, you know. The most recognizable title off the
1: album. I'm sorry, but I don't blame anybody for doing that.
4: Yeah. (laughs) Thank you all for participating. Yes, exactly. (laughs) At least they voted, unlike somebody here. (laughs) They made a choice. They made a choice.
0: Any final thoughts on this album before we wrap it up and say adios to our audience
1: for today? This this is an album which really tests the metal of a Genesis fan. It's the album which shows you whether or not you are a casual listener of the mm-hmm. band, which is totally yes, fine, sure. which is absolutely fine, or someone who wants to know as much as possible and get as close as possible to the band in all of its shapes, sizes and forms because it's an incredibly interesting journey they all went on. Mm -hmm. You couldn't have written it as a book. And uh, as a result, it makes this, um, for for those that are interested, a must-have document, Mm -hmm. Um, something that you'd want to explore. For me... I suddenly realised that I am not that guy <laughs> <laughs> and that uh, we had a conversation earlier on about whether or not the Genesis catalogue starts at Trespass uh, or if it starts at Genesis to Revelation. And I think it starts at Trespass. Sure. I think these are interesting little demos. They're vignettes. I am very happy that they did this because... It allowed them to develop in a way in which they, they, they took it off in a different direction afterwards. In some ways, the very sense of, of them going off on their own in opposition to Jonathan King's wishes is, is, is part of that, that motivation. So, you know, there's a lot to be said about why this album is important. There's not much to be said about why this album is good.
0: <laughs> right.
1: No, I think we were all kind of, even
0: the songs that we liked... I think we were kind of straining to be positive about them, to find the little slices of goodness that were like, "Oh yeah, that 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 one thirty-second part at the end was really good." And it's like, okay.
1: At no point during yeah. the um uh, our previous conversations about Genesis albums has as an album felt more like archaeology. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, it's a different world.
2: Yeah, and you obviously have to take into account the context. I think, yes. as you said, Simon, this is an important document to have, not for everybody, not for all the fans, but, you know, those who really take into account this album as a first yeah. album of the band instead of Trespass. Right. It's all totally valid.
0: I would never give this album to somebody as saying, you want to get into Genesis? Yeah. Listen to this. <laughs> right, exactly. Because it's just so different from what comes after that it's not, it's not of interest in any other way other than you want to see how they really started. This is how they started. Oh, wow. Okay, that's interesting. So even the alternate tracks on the archive or on different reissues, they're interesting for that archaeological purpose. Oh, is that a bit of something I heard from Twilight Alehouse? Oh, that's fascinating that they had that back then.
3: I have just found it interesting to watch from Genesis to Revelation, fatigue set in over the course of this episode. Because at the beginning, Simon was all up. This is great. This is just definitely part of the Genesis canon. And then he's like, "I don't give a shit." About
5: <laughs> over, the course of the two hours, over the, course,
0: the, two hours, over the course of two
3: hours, I've just watched to the, the, the yeah, this level of
0: beaten Simon down.
3: Yeah, this is, this is
4: where art imitates life, like, life is imitating From art. From Genesis ends.
3: to Revelation, one Simon zero. Yes, I know. But I do think I, I think those first
0: five or six tracks are a good EP. And would be like, oh, right. interesting. And then the second part of the album, other than the couple glimmers that we talked about, ugh, for me, it's
3: her. it's not one that I put on oh no. regular rotation as listening to Genesis album by a long shot. Right. It's one that when I do listen to it, like for listening to it for this episode, like I'm like, okay, it's got some good stuff on it. It's really interesting to see how they started. I think for a '60s for the out al- for the time it came out, it was probably a decent to good album. Um, for, for that time period. For 17-year-olds, I think it was a great first effort. Mm-hmm. They will do much more as they grow and mature. Uh, but yeah, I think it's a must-have for any Genesis person as look back to see what they did and to mm-hmm. see all the music you love since started with the ideas and, and the and the collaborations that were born out of this time period. And if it wasn't for that, if it wasn't for them being given the chance, we might not have Nursery
1: Crime, we might not have mm-hmm. Foxtrot. Here's the interesting thing, though, I will say. This is the one album out of all of the other albums that we've reviewed where we have spoken about the individual band members the least. True.
0: Because mm-hmm. it's so hard, at least for me, it's so hard to really tell. Beso- besides yeah. the basic, Tony played played piano kind of who wrote what and who did what because there's a there's a sameness throughout this album that the personalities aren't coming through right. strong Not yet, yeah. little slivers here and there but uh, I think that
1: no one's brilliant at this point no no no, no. <laughs> They're so all the same. and
0: I, I think it's interesting that I will be able to in five years the next time I listen to this album <laughs> to rediscover it because there will be tracks that I'm like window. I can't even remember what the, how that goes. So whereas I can't listen to the Lamb or to Invisible Touch and just forget how the Chamber of Thirty Two Doors went or anything she does, those songs are in my head. I could play them right now, but it's it's not this song. This album is forgettable, which is a benefit in some ways because I can rediscover it.
4: I was gonna say that this this album is. The one of all of their albums that isn't timeless. Hmm. This yeah. is very much of the of the time it was made. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can hear the the early. You know, some of them are, especially the the eighties albums. Yeah. You know, there is hints there, but this is so. This does not carry. Um, this doesn't have the longevity um, that their other albums do. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking, it's like, almost
0: funny how linked to its time.
4: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So I wrote down, I was like, I would love to see or hear the 76 Genesis, the 80 Genesis, and the 86 Genesis cover this album.
1: Yeah.
4: I think... That would be kind of cool to hear.
1: If there are any members of the band listing right now, run. <laughs> yes.
4: <laughs> Wait, <I'm> doing, <laughs> yes, please.
0: Maybe maybe, nice. is, maybe the musical bots can do that a series of shows. No, I,
1: okay,
4: You're, you guys are taking it very literally yes, here. Right, what I mean nice. is, what I mean is the spirit in which they were, and and where they were in those three years, yes. right? That I listed, mm-hmm. and the way they were sounding. I wonder how this album would sound if that if man. the 76 genesis did it right cuz i still think at the end of the day these are good songs yeah. like i said they're all ear a lot of them are earworms yeah. there's some there's some good bones in here mm-hmm. i just it would be nice to see these bones with the with Different the costume. with the chops that they develop yeah. developed later on that's what i was trying to get at um, please was, dear god i do not want like a tribute band like <laughs> uh, <laughs> if there was,
1: if there's one thing this album lacks which the others don't it's gravitas
4: yeah yeah
0: and it's, or it's that fake gravitas that we're doing a concept album about Genesis
1: to Revelation. It's like,
0: you're, you're really not. You know, it's. it's but,
1: but the thing is, you can hear it. They, you only have to go one album on. Yeah. And all of a sudden they have that presence. Yes. However embryonic it sounds, yeah. it's there. Yeah. Listen to a song like yeah. Stagnation
0: and then listen to this album and be like, it's the same people, except a different drummer who wasn't writing anyway. So. I mean they were
2: young they were perfecting their skills in yeah. their instruments they were let's say practicing songwriting learning whatever, evolving into
5: what mm-hmm. they were through the years
0: well I think we're going to take a nap now and uh, <laughs> kind of wrap this up we hope this has been entertaining for you and this is Mike signing off this is Tom
4: this is Stacy this is Simon
0: this is Ellie and we'll see you next time on the Tabletop Genesis podcast
7: baby you so close. I wish you could see my love. Baby, you my life. I'm trying to show you.
2: Thank you for listening to this episode of Tabletop Genesis. Archived episodes can be found at tabletopgenesis.com, along with updates, polls, and various other podcast-related news. You can also subscribe to the podcast on iTunes to have our shows automatically downloaded to your computer when we post new episodes. To keep up with all the Tabletop Genesis activity, follow us on Twitter at Genesis Tabletop. You can like us on Facebook by searching for Tabletop Genesis and you can email us directly at genesistabletop at gmail.com. Let us know what you think of the podcast or send us questions we can address on
7: future episodes. The stuff in sky I want to hold it in my hands When snowflakes hit the ugly ground Your beauty hides the joy I found Baby, you
5: feel so